This is a production of ITM Media. Episode 171. Ladies and gentlemen, do not adjust your screens if you're watching on YouTube, of course. And if you're listening on your regular podcast platform, if you picked up on it, yes. It is our old intro in honor of Throwback Weekend. From now on until the rest of this episode, we will now be referred to, well, I guess we can refer to ourselves as In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast. That's right. Thank you t- for tuning in to another edition of, well, this is actually rambling about racing with the OG crew. Myself, Preston Lude, and sitting across from me drinking the fine Pilsner beer, the one, the only, Matt Beamer. What's up, Matt? How's it going, Preston? It is great to be here. Throwback weekend. It is the most exciting time of the year. I, I love this time of the year only because it, it is Darlington. Unfortunately, you and I will not be heading to the great lady in black this weekend for the Cup Series race or for the weekend in general here. On, yeah. We have other stuff going on. And uh, it, it's it's a catch-22. It's Mother's Day. Yes. And it's yes, tough. It to, it's tough to justify hey babe happy mother's day i got you darlington tickets that's not a good sell no it's for, not for mothers everywhere. i've already tried that some mothers enjoy it some do <laughs> my daughter's mother my wife does not enjoy it but yes back here henceforth this episode only in the marbles weekly racing podcast so like preston said at the top of the show don't adjust those dials don't adjust those dials that's right it is going to be a fun episode (laughs) reliving everything here and i gotta say this before we get started it has been a fun ride so far but out of 171 episodes preston what's your favorite moment oh man there's so many um you know i i like to think you know the one one of the things that we did that stuck in my mind was from one of our earlier episodes. I'll never forget it. When you brought Caroline onto the show and you quizzed her about NASCAR. Yeah. And it probably was the one of the funniest times I think we may have had on there. We've had plenty of other funny times, right. but I mean, to tell you what, that was some good, that was good content. Yeah, it was. <laughs> was and, hilarious. And it was funny too, because she just randomly said, hey, you should bring me on the show and pop quiz me. Oh, I bet you love that. And like, I, oh, say no more. Well, I wrote all those <laughs> questions pretty easily off the top of my head because that's, I mean, it's NASCAR 101. Yeah. And she was, oh, poor her. Every, yeah. every answer, Jeff Gordon. No. No, no, it's <laughs> Go not. back and listen to NASCAR <laughs> trivia with Caroline to, to listen to that. I believe that was like 20, 30. It was very, very early. It was very early it, in I our believe. season, in our very early in you our You know, I think one of the other favorite things about if you know if you're tuning in on youtube and you saw the intro when we made that intro video yes it's like <laughs> looking back at it now it may seem corny but it's i don't know it's so funny at still. the time it was the coolest thing we've <laughs> ever done just that little <laughs> boom right there is it was the coolest thing we've done up to that point man it was so much fun to do and and we're only getting better folks trust me we're yeah. only getting better yeah. But, but yeah, I think I think my favorite moment was after the Daytona Escapade episode, 
when you went on that rant. Ooh, what? Uh, well, it was, was about the of... Ryan Newman and Denny Hamlin spinning out and doing oh, donuts. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. I do kind of fondly remember that one now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right, because there was a lot of people that were complaining yeah. on uh, so, social media about yeah. Denny Hamlin celebrating while Ryan Newman had... Um, crashed right and and i remember it that was a funny one man yeah that was good i've had plenty of rants and i guess maybe oh yeah you have and i guess an honorable mention was talladega nights episode it was such a unique episode because charlie austin and i did it every day so every day we had stories and stories and i'm hoping for the southern 500 we could go up to darlington spend the weekend there and have a darlington nights episode i'm planning on uh, i would like to this year i'll bring the camper yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I put it out there. I'm, I hate that I don't get to go this weekend, and you know, things. Yeah. There are things that have to be done. Mother's that's Day. That's okay, but you know what? I will have a date with the lady in black later this year. I, I would hope so that I can have a date with the lady in black as well this it's, year. It's, it's a, two hours up the road. There's no excuse. Yeah, no, there's no absolutely no excuse. All right. Well. He, what else is going on, man? You got anything else going on in your... Ah, man, things are good. Family's good. Kids are good. Um, a pain sometimes. But, hey, you know, that's 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 kids for I, you. I guess I'm still in the newness phase of having a child because nothing... I mean, she can annoy me, but it isn't like, oh, my gosh. Wait till she, like, start talking, talking. Well, she I, talking now? She's just going dad, 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 dad. Okay, wait until they start to actually form words and sentences, and then they just ask you every two seconds what you're doing, and you're just like, are you writing a book? Well, I can't wait to do that because then I'll be in the garage, and I'm like, well, honey, I'm bleeding the brakes, or I'm changing the brake pads, (laughs) or I'm doing the spark plugs, or I'm plugging in the computer to mommy's car because something happened. I don't know. We'll figure it out. And then I can teach her. It's a teaching opportunity, Preston. No, of course. Until after a while, it does get annoying. I, 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 I will cross that bridge when, when I you get, get to there. it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm glad you're doing well. Hope everyone else is doing well out there, whether you're on YouTube or your regular podcast platform for this throwback weekend here at In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast. We might as well just hit into it and cover start Heyman. Yeah. we got a lot to talk about here. We do. And let's go ahead and get into Heyman. Folks, before we continue on with the start of Season 5 of Ramblin' About Racing, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest and greatest Ramblin' About Racing gear, such as t-shirts like the one I have on, hoodies, hats, or anyone but lineup exclusively at Bonfire, and so much more. Pint glasses for your beers and everything like that. Just head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the stores tab. And there you can find the links to both Teespring and Bonfire. All Every purchase will help out Rambling About Racing bring you better content and hopefully more content at, at tracks around the country later on as we get there. So head on over to ramblingaboutracing.com. Links can also be found be found in the youtube video below or on your podcast description on your regular podcast platform below again all proceeds help out rambling about race and bring you better content in the future hey man hey man and hey man here at 
in the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast, presented by Devos Outdoor Lighting. Head over to devosoutdoor.com and use code RAMBLIN. Kind of a catch-22 here on Throwback Weekend. Use discount code RAMBLIN for 10% off of your order. Those could be found at ramblinaboutracing.com or the podcast or YouTube description. Links will be there as well. Now, Preston, I think the story of the weekend here, it wasn't Denny Hamlin winning... It wasn't anything else from this past weekend. But what it was, to me, was this. The the punch. And I, I love Ross Chastain even more now because I can't, personally, I can't stand Noah Gregson. Really? Yeah, I can't stand the guy. I don't know what it is about Noah Gregson. I, I love him. I, I wish I was Chastain and I was able to punch him in the face. Wow. I don't know what it is about Gregson. It might be that stupid haircut. Hey, man, don't be hating on the bowl I, cut. I, I'm going to hate on the bowl cut because that is just I love it. Stupid. It gives him personality. Yeah, you know what it also did? It got him punched in the face. Okay, now, to be now, fair, to be fair, yes, it did get him punched in the face, but he probably should have seen it coming. I mean, when you're going to grab somebody like that, you probably should be ready for well, the here, punch. Here's the thing. Leading up to there... Gregson was five laps down at the end of the race. He got ran up and into the wall by Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain didn't touch him. He barely came up the track. I feel like Ross Chastain did nothing wrong. He was on the lead lap racing. Gregson, if anything, should have yielded to him. Five laps down. I mean, Gregson was just trying to pass him. So what? He's five laps down. What's he going to do at the end of the race? Get four laps back and contend for a top ten? No, he's not. He's five laps down yield you're you're not even in contention here then had the audacity to come up to greg's to ross chastain gregson did after the race trying to put in his name up there like you know no one will stand up to ross chastain so i noah gregson in my bowl cut will stand up to ross chastain grabs chastain and then chastain i would say kept his composure for about 10 seconds, five seconds even. Don't touch me. Let go of me. Stop it. Wait, wait, he said stop it, I believe. Stop it. Stop it. Boom. And that's the result. I don't feel bad for Gregson. I don't feel... I, I support Chastain in this. I don't care if you love Chastain or hate him. You can't say that he's in the wrong here. I personally think it's good for the sport. Oh, yeah. I think Chastain is the diamond in the rough that NASCAR needed. Gregson got a humble, a slice of humble pie right there. I wish Gregson would. I wish they wouldn't have broken up the fight. Well, and, and there's another thing, too. There's a guy in a yellow sweater. Gregson went back to punch, and he, he, blocked, got him. he blocked him. I was like, oh, man, that's messed up. Yeah. But then other people were like, well, then you're going to turn it into hockey. But at the same time, let the man defend himself. I don't think he would have whooped Chastain. But at the same time, I we know I mean, we'll never know. Yeah, we we will never know. I yeah, Gregson did grab him, but it's not like Gregson was going to punch him right away or anything like that. And he just grabbed him, and Chastain probably just lost it because Noah Gregson said, you know, hey man, what the f is your problem? And he asked him again, what the f is your problem? Which okay, I'll start it like this. I will applaud Noah Gregson for this one. Even though he didn't get a shot, and I will applaud him 100%. Applaud him for what? For standing up to Ross Chastain. For Ross doing, Chastain did nothing wrong. For doing what nobody else has done in the past month, two months, whatever. Everybody's so just on camera says, oh, man, you know, like Brendan Poole said, 
The guy just needs his butt whooped. Okay. Did Brendan Poole go up to him? No. Everybody else has said something about Rosh Hussain, but I don't see anybody around confronting the guy. Noah Gregson said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. No. Chase Elliott said, hey, man, good for you. Because you know what? Chase Elliott's not going to do anything because Chase Elliott's got too much riding for him. He's a pretty boy anyway. Chase Elliott wouldn't do a darn thing. Chase Elliott's not going to do He's a prick. Chase Elliott, just like a, a, plenty of other drivers in my eyes, are not going to do a lot, not going to do a whole lot except for just say something and that's it. Because we're in the point these days, and I've said it before, drivers probably think there's so much riding on them with sponsorships that they're too afraid to do anything. It's not like it was back in the 2000s or the, you know, the 2010s where it was the boys have at it and everyone's going to go up to each other and say things, you know, like guys running each other over on track on cool down laps like when Brad Keselowski did at Charlotte. I think it was Bank of America 500. Tried to hit Hamlin and then he ran into Kenseth and then Kenseth chased him down and put him in a headlock. Yep. In the garage area, even though Keselowski was doing burnouts through the garage area, he legit did a burnout through the garage. That got caught on camera at Charlotte. I don't think that ever got picked up on NASCAR TV, you know, or anything like that. Back then, it was boys have at it. Gregson finally decided to go up to him and said, hey, man, what's your effing problem? I can see why he wanted to do that. Ross did run him out of the groove a little bit. Now, Ross wants to say, oh, yeah, I gave him a lane. But Ross does that thing. He does that thing every time where he says, oh, man, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I left him some room, but, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's just the way it is. I'd, I'd Like I said, and I've said it on the social media already, if Ross would just own up to it, this would all not be like the way it is now. If Ross would just come out and say, you know what, I did that. I ran him like that. Yeah, I ran him over. He's driving too slow. Not like in the Brendan Pool situation that we talked about at Dover. We said, yeah, you know, I just, I got to go apologize to those guys, man. I really owe them an apology. What? No, man. Just own up to it. Yeah, people don't like him right now. That's the way it is. But aside from all of this, at the same time, like you said, this is what NASCAR needs. Ross Chastain is somebody that... uh, Let's put it this way. Do you see anybody else getting marketed on NASCAR half the time except for Chase Elliott? No. No? Okay, Not not one person. NASCAR has the opportunity to market Ross Chastain. Dale Jr. talked about it on his podcast. He said... He talked about his dad, Dale Sr. He said... When Dale Sr. was running over people back in the 80s, you know, he didn't really own up to it a lot. But you know what? Yeah, he, that was the way he was driving. And then they marketed on it. He didn't come out and say, hey, man, I'm the Intimidator. Some merchandise people ran with it and gave him the moniker of the Intimidator or the, uh, the man in black. And then he just kind of got that moniker and that was it. And he was known as the Intimidator ever since then. We have an opportunity to market Ross Chastain at this point. Yeah, is he running people over? Sure. But if he owns up to it and he, and he intakes this persona that people are starting to give him, oh, my God. Like, hello. He could be, like, as famous and as popular as Chase Elliott is. But we're not. Nobody's capitalizing on that. So is it more of the issue that Ross Chastain does not own up to it, or is it the fact that people are full of empty threats saying he does need to get his butt whooped? I don't think it's empty threats. I think think they're legitimate threats that, hey, we have a problem with this guy. But at the same time, if he just owns up to it, then maybe it won't be as big of an issue. Because like, like I said, he comes on TV every week after something happens, and he makes us 
he makes me want to feel like I'm supposed to feel sorry for him when I'm watching him on TV after he gets done talking in an interview when he gets blamed for something. If he just says, oh, man, you know what? I did it. Yeah, absolutely. I ran him over. Slow car in my way. Oh, you know what? I raced him into the wall. It's a racing deal, man. I'm going for a win. Is there any race? Huh? It doesn't matter if it's early in the race. I got to stay close to the front. Not, oh, man, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. That was my bad. He's like the villain almost, but, like, he's okay. the villain that you want to hate well, right now. He, he's the villain I love. I, Chastain is my favorite driver. He's better than Chase Elliott. He's better than Kyle Busch. Maybe not at the moment. <laughs> Kyle Busch is on kind of a hot streak right <laughs> yes, now. Kind of. But Ross Chastain is what NASCAR needs right now. And like you said, they need to capitalize on it and market him. And, and Trackhouse needs to just keep cashing this in while and striking while the iron's hot. I don't think Chastain's going to change come Darlington this weekend and go, okay, I'm going to calm down, guys. No, no, absolutely not. He's not. He's going to go out there and do what Ross Chastain does and give it 110% every lap. And if you're in his way, if you're Brandon Poole in his, in his way, you better move out of his way now. If you're some slow car, the spotter better be telling you, hey, the one car is coming up. You better get out of his way. Because <laughs> he's not going to slow down whether you're a lap down, five laps down, or the leader, and he's in second place. Ross Chastain is what NASCAR needed right now. And to put a muzzle on that and to put a restrictor plate on the momentum of that, not on the track, but on the PR side, would be ludicrous if, at NASCAR's point right now. Absolutely, 100%. And I don't see, I, like I said, I don't see anything wrong with what he did Sunday hitting Gregson. My uncle said it best. Instead of being mad at Chastain, he needed to be mad at his barber for giving him that haircut. Well, his crew actually gave him that haircut. Don't care. That was I, a bet. I, I, I love the haircut. I think it's great. Personality. I, I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I love it. I love it. I love Gregson. He might be my new favorite driver, honestly. Fine. Ross Chastain's my new favorite driver. Oh, and good. My, and my driver just punched your driver in the face. That's good. My driver mean, didn't get a shot back, so. Well, your driver's a whiny baby. Yeah, he's just he's just confronting him because nobody else is going to do it. No, he confronted him to try to make a name for himself, and guess what? He got punched in the face for Good. That's what they need. And he threw, he technically should have backed off when he said stop it. And, uh, Ross Chastain didn't really say stop it. He just said, hey, man, look. Ross Chastain was probably just going to try to explain it to him, but Ross wasn't really. He had that. I'm going to say he had that dumb look on his face because he always does, honestly. Ross always has this dumb Good. look of like, oh, oh I, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, dude, just own up to it already. I'm glad it take, took 171 episodes for us to find our new favorite drivers <laughs> and then us for them to go at it. Because you know what? <laughs> Noah Gregson's not going to make a name for himself in the Cup Series like Ross Chastain is. Ross Chastain, will. Ross Chastain will be a champion long before Noah Gregson even – finds the exit door after his lackluster career. Oh, man. Noah Gregson's shining moment happened in the Xfinity Series under Junior Motorsports. That star has faded out when he went to Legacy MC. Nah. Absolutely. Nah. It's got to get some time. No. Some guys develop their careers a lot quicker than others. Yeah, well, guess what? Good luck. Thank you. Because I don't think nobody's going to get one over on Chastain. Chastain needs to stay the course, buddy. Stay the course, Chastain, and track out. Stay the course. He's going to get his butt whooped eventually, but no, that's okay. No, we won't. By who? By who? I think somebody will eventually. By whom? Chase Elliott. 
whatever. Okay, I didn't say Daddy, Chase Elliott. Daddy, he, he hit me, Daddy. <laughs> Mr. Hendrick, please do something about it. All right, let's see. Who else could make him mad? I guess maybe Denny Hamlin. Yeah, no, but Denny Hamlin's getting old. Yeah. Denny so? Hamlin. Yeah, he's getting old. What if Kevin Harvick does it? Kevin Harvick's older than Denny Hamlin. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Harvick's older than Denny Hamlin, man. I don't know how that will work. Anyway, we can beat a dead horse on that one. We already kind of have. I, I, I like it. I think it's good for the sport. I think it's great for the sport. You know, they had more Twitter engagements than Denny Hamlin spinning Kyle Larson out. Well, I mean, not really spinning him out, but um, I guess you could say kind of wrecking him on that last lap. Apparently, they had more Twitter engagements than that, that, that and that's great. good. I mean, I think that's great. I mean, overall, both yeah, both, both, both incidences were, had, yeah, were they, worthy of talking absolutely. about. And in fact, until you brought it up, that's all I, I totally forgot. Oh, yeah, that was a good, great last lap. It was a great race overall. Kansas was fun to watch. Kansas has become... Over the last few years, it seems like it just keeps getting better and better. For right. Some, I, I don't know what it is, but it's like the groove has become like wider. I mean, you have guys running the wall now, which, I mean, years ago that wasn't really the case, but now it's almost like the groove is just everywhere. And I love it. I think it's great. I don't know if it's because the track has aged a little bit. Maybe the, the surface is maybe aged. Who knows? Right. I, don't know. I mean, Darlington's becoming kind of like that up there. I mean, the last repave at Darlington was probably... Before 2010, I think it was like 2007. I mean, it was like, uh, I'm sorry, like 2009, I think it was. Because yeah. 2007, Jeff Gordon won. And that, it was still like really like, um, it hadn't been repaved yet. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's getting there. It I think is. Kansas is getting there. I think we'll see some, the next few races at Kansas, I that, think it'll be really good. That, that I don't was know if it has race. to do with that or maybe the next gen car as well. Right. I don't know, man. Yeah, I think it's more the track just wearing in perfectly, and I don't know, just yeah, keep it up. Yeah, tracks tend to go through that phase where they finally where wear they, in perfectly. They're in the butter zone right now, and unfortunately, <laughs> on the flip side of that butter zone, it's just crappy racing, <laughs> and it's going to it's gonna happen before we know it here. Anything else in regards to Chastain and Gregson? Uh, no, no. Okay. I jumped a gun in here a little bit. Oops, sorry about that. I jumped a gun here a little bit. How how did you enjoy the weekend overall? That's to include the dark, uh, Kansas races as well as the Miami Grand Prix for Formula One. How how do you enjoy the weekend overall? Uh, the, the weekend was, I mean, it was all right. The truck race was, I mean, and there was a lot of cautions in that again, which it is was. I don't know. I don't, I still can't seem to figure out why that tends to happen quite often. This is weird. No, I mean, truck race is good, but just the cautions. Um, Tony Breidinger, how do, is that how you say your name? I know Breidinger? who you're talking about. Yeah, she got 15th. Great on her. I think that was her first start, which is cool. The Miami Grand Prix, yeah, for once, for once, I prioritized NASCAR over Formula One because I Get out felt, I knew that the Miami Grand Prix was not going to be really be anything. And thank God I did. Because what a great Kansas race it was. It, it was a great Kansas race here, but now we're going to switch to Formula One here. Okay. the weekend overall was good. And and before we actually get into Formula One here, to date, everybody's saying the Kansas race was the best race in 2023 so far. Agree or disagree? I have to agree with that yep, one. I, I will as well. I think um, I would have to say Fontana's probably close. From, on my In, in my right. eyes, I think Fontana would probably be a close second to that to kansas honestly and unfortunately i i haven't been to a race this year because that would be my favorite race of the year 
But yeah, Kansas was a fun race yeah. to watch. It was good action all around, good racing, good pit stops, good strategy. And Noah Grayson got punched in the face. <laughs> so anything else before uh, that's about NASCAR. Kansas is over with. Great job. It was a fun race week, and I think everybody did great. Anything else before we get into the Miami Grand Prix? Because I think this is going to be more so of a Formula One heavy episode when it comes to... No. Okay. No. So here's what I brought up. And now this isn't in the notes here, but I wanted to show you this. Okay. Because it's from Twitter. It's a guy named... Let's see here. Breakhard on Twitter. I don't know if you know him. He, he's a, he has good Twitter. He has good content when it comes to NASCAR racing and overall. I got this video clip here. I want to show you because it, he he brings up a lot of good points. And I'm just going to, if you want me to pause it, I'll pause it. If you kind of just give me a signal, I'll no, pause it. But we'll I want, I want everybody to listen to it and go, go give him a follow. He has a lot of good content here. And he's talking about NASCAR, Formula One going down the same road as NASCAR here. But I want you to, I want to get your two cents on it. Formula One is making the same mistake NASCAR made nearly 15 years ago. NASCAR boomed in the early to mid-2000s, and at one point they had 20 million people tuning into the Daytona 500. But NASCAR got greedy, and they started to chase that casual fan, and at the same time, they abandoned their core fan base. At one point, NASCAR had more Fortune 500 sponsors than any other entity outside of Congress. Drivers were absolute rock stars. They were hosting SNL. They were on late-night shows. They were in music videos. They were the stars of national ad campaigns. But then things started to change. In an effort to build up excitement at the end of the year, NASCAR introduced the chase and then another iteration of the chase and another iteration after that. And we're still introducing iterations today. While that was happening, they moved traditional race dates like the Southern 500 away from the Southeast and out West to California. Then they introduced the car tomorrow with a spoiler on the back, which was supposed to attract a younger fan base. It did not. And all, while they're doing that, chasing the casual viewer, that traditional fan, that hardcore fan, started to leave the sport. F1 is making that same mistake right now. Formula One teams have never had more sponsors than they currently do. McLaren's hoarding all of them by the looks of it. But while Drive to Survive turned these drivers into absolute rock stars, they're on late night shows from country to country. They have hordes of people around them everywhere they go. Anne Hathaway knew who Daniel Ricciardo was at the Met. That never would have happened five to six years ago. But while all this is happening, that core fan base that Formula One has had is starting to slowly shift away. Sprint races have been introduced and more will be introduced next year in an effort to make the race weekends more exciting and keep that casual fan more engaged. Traditional dates in Europe are being moved out to America and the Middle East. And at the same time, while all of that is happening, Formula One continues to try to enhance the show with things like the driver introductions we saw at Miami last week. There's more of an effort to get celebrities and influencers into the race than actually making the race good. As quickly as you can skyrocket in popularity, you can come crashing down so much faster. NASCAR experienced that, and Formula One is well on their way to experiencing that as well. And hopefully they look at the NASCAR blueprint and realize the mistakes that were made and attempt to maybe try to bring back some of that core fan base rather than chase that casual fan. Time's going to tell, though. Okay, I wasn't expecting the boom, but agree with break hard or don't agree because I saw you shaking your head in agreement a couple times, and you mentioned before when you mentioned... You prioritize NASCAR for the rare moment that over Formula One this weekend in Miami. Yes. Break hard. Does he bring up a lot of good points? He's, he's a great guy to follow. Make sure to go follow him on Twitter. Great guy to listen to because his point, his point of views are usually spot on with what we talk about here on the show. 
Agree, disagree. What do you think? Oh, absolutely, 100% agree. I mean, that guy could never be so not wrong. If that right. even sounds even correct, <laughs> correct. Right. I mean, he was—he's so- absolutely one hundred percent. Everything he said yeah. there is absolutely correct. We have talked about stuff before like yep. this. Well, you brought it up. You brought it up when they had the sprint race. They changed up the formats for the sprint race, and as well, I should say, is the weekend overall. Yeah. For what was it, Azerbaijan? Yes. And they changed up everything for that race weekend. And it was just you. You weren't a big fan, and that's where I start to. That's where I. I you peaked last year. I, I dare say a couple of years ago with Formula One, and then you're starting to come down to my level with, here with Formula One, where it's it's one team. Usually, when we started this show, when we started in the marbles, mm-hmm. it was Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, don't bet against Hamilton. He's on a hot streak. Verstappen all of a sudden came up, and now it's Verstappen, Red Bull, and Perez. And it's just one, it's a one-dog fight. It's a one-pony show. And what happened at, four, in, at Miami, I got, my, I got another bit to talk about you for that. But the, the Miami race wasn't that bad. I actually watched Miami before I watched NASCAR. Because, you know, I, I, was, I caught well over 100 laps to go in NASCAR. It was fine. But I, to me, it wasn't... It was a status quo weekend. But back to what Breakhard was saying and this topic was on, now I see, oh, the sprint races. They're trying to get they're trying to get those casual fans to become the hardcore fans. The traditionalists like you and I, I dare say, are in the world of Formula One. Maybe not as traditional as other ones. But see the weekend format going away and go, no, I, I enjoy the three st- the three-tier qualifying. I enjoy the free practices. I enjoy everything that is to do for the weekend because it's interesting to watch and soak it all in. Just like happy hour. I miss happy hour. Yeah. I miss qualifying. I miss the whole weekend as a whole where the stands were full during the qualifying sessions for, doesn't matter if it was truck, Xfinity, or Cup, or Craftsman Truck Series, Bush Series, or Winston Cup Series. It doesn't matter. Their stands were full. There's another one I want to talk about later on. It's about speed weeks. The downfall of speed weeks. Speed weeks is nothing anymore. It's not even speed weeks. Right. But this break hard, I, I want to hear your event. I, you've heard kind of me just kind of beat around the bush here, but he's not wrong. No, he's, he's not wrong. It's Yeah, I did bring it up when we talked about uh, Azerbaijan, Baku. The sprint race was introduced, I think it was two... I want to say two years ago. I can't. It was quite. like 2020, 2021. Yeah. And even then, I wasn't really a big fan of it. And then it happened. I was like, I mean, okay, I guess I can accept it. I mean, it was kind of like it doesn't really make any sense because the top eight were still getting points in the sprint race, but the sprint race was going to set the field for Sunday. So then it was like, so what's the point in qualifying for the sprint race? If you're not really good, okay. So line them up, line them up by constructors' championship yeah, so, points or something. Okay, so for example, last year Kevin Magnuson got the pole at Brazil. Granted, it was rain, and he got a a fast lap in before it started raining. So then, once it rains, I mean, that's pretty much it. You put rain tires on, you're still going to run ten seconds slower, whatever, fifteen, whatever. So he got his lap in before everybody else could. I mean, it was crazy how it happened. 
So he technically got the poll. He got the poll, and he technically won the poll for the weekend, but then the sprint race happens, and then he finishes, I don't know, outside the top eight or whatever. So then he's starting outside. He's starting like, I think he started like 10th or something like that for the real race. And it's just like, what was the point in that? What's the point in getting to start first, but then I got to start first for the sprint, but the sprint is going to set the field. What's the point in even qualifying at that point then? It's just like this time around, this this year, F1 decides, oh, you know, the rumors, there were rumors out there. for the I, I talked about it. There were rumors for the first few weeks of the season of some so-called changes to the sprint format. And I was like, oh, well, hopefully this can't be true. Obviously, it must be some kind of rumor. And then they hit it with us. Bam! The week before <laughs> Azerbaijan. And they're like, hey, guess what? You know, you get one free practice session, and we're going to qualify on Friday. And I was like, well, here's the downfall right here. Nobody inside the United States is going to be able to watch it because it wasn't picked up on ESPN or ESPN2 because it's happening at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Friday when all the major ESPN shows are on TV. There's strike one. Then they say, oh, well, the sprint race is going to happen on Saturday, but we're actually going to have a separate qualifying for that. Okay, well, there's strike two. Why do I need to go through the paces of trying to qualify in the top three or top five for this sprint race to score points when it's not even going to matter on Sunday. Again, why? No, I agree. You're getting rid of all, and it's just like how NASCAR did. They got rid of all of these practice sessions. We barely get to see you practice. And, you know, you can spare me the bull crap of this whole, oh, well, they, we got technology these days. The, Sim, the Sims put it pretty damn close to what the real car is on Sunday. Get out of here with that. That's such a load of bullcrap, okay? You know, yes, I understand. I understand it. I get it. That the Sim, they can set up the Sim to almost mirror what's happening on Sunday. But nothing can get you prepared for what the real thing is without actually having some kind of practice in the car on the track itself. Now it feels like in the Marvel's Weekly Racing Podcast. It does, doesn't it? Yes, and you know it what? does. It, I, I, I'm, I, I'm so glad that it came to my mind because it was. I was listening to all these talk shows and seeing all these things on the YouTube about, oh, oh, you know, the sim gets you close. I, that is the biggest load of bullcrap <laughs> I have ever heard. I understand that technology, the technology is there and those guys are in the sim all week long. But that's what, but the practice is for on the track. The sim does not get you 100% there. I don't care if you can set the car up. Nothing beats feeling the actual car itself when you're on the track and being able to tell certain things. And that, that's, that's just where the downfall... And I think, I think the downfall of it was it had to have been probably COVID really put the nail in the coffin, I think, with that. I don't really know how much practice we had before COVID, but COVID really, really got rid of that after that. We were just like, oh, I'm just going to show up to the track and race. Yep, and we'll qualify maybe once or twice here and there, yep. but uh, we're going to set the field based on the metrics, you know, because yeah. we have no idea what we're doing and we're just a bunch of hacks at this point, you know. Ooh. You know, you yeah. need a doctor, you need a some, you need a rocket, AMS, degree rocket, rocket science degree to right. figure out where we're going to start and everything like that. But yes, he's absolutely right. Formula One is about to go down the same path that NASCAR has gone down. Right now, Formula One doesn't have to worry about any kind of championship playoff system because they've they're staying true to that right now yeah yeah which i mean if they were to introduce something maybe like how the nascar first introduced the chase where it was like the top 10 okay 
I might, I might fly I even, with that. I wouldn't even get on the board with that. I might whatsoever. No give way. it a chance. No way. Because, you know, I would rather NASCAR go back to that. Yeah. The top 10 and that's it. None of this bull crap, win and you're in kind of deal crap. Because to me, I just, I don't like it. Yes, it makes you race harder. Cool. But to me, racing is about the marathon of the entire season. Back yep. in the day when guys wrecked out, but they fixed that car, and guess what? We're going back out there to get some points because we got to gain some positions in the stands. Right. Not nowadays where it's like, oh, well, we crashed the car. Well, we we got really nothing to go for, so we're done for the day. Right. I, like that, that just doesn't seem like hardcore racing to me anymore. And maybe he sees what I see when they chase the casual fan. It's the new generation of fans that – I, I really think it has to do with they just can't sit through a long period of racing, whether it be a long green flag run or not. And I've been, NASCAR can spare me the bullcrap also of when they decided to introduce the stages as, oh, it's a break so everybody could get up and we could, you know, bring in, <laughs> we could bring in sponsorships and everything like that and we run commercials during it. That's bullcrap because you run a hell of a lot of commercials during the actual race itself still, even without stages. It's they're catering to fans that can't sit there and just watch the race anymore. So all the fans probably complain that, oh, we can't do it. So we're going to break it up into stages and make it more exciting. No, no. NASCAR just shoots themselves in the foot with that. And I said what I said. I'll die on the hill. I don't care. I don't care. I really don't care. In Love the, me, hate me. In the I Marvel's don't care. In the Marvel's is full flex going at it today, baby. And I don't care. Right. Okay. Well, fair enough, bud. I agree with him. I agree with you. They better be careful. Look at the faults of others before they go down this path. Absolutely. They, they really need to be careful. Yep. I, I agree with you there. All right. Anything else in regards to what Breitkart no, said? No, I, but I'm glad that you, you had that. Yep. That, was a, that was really good. That, I, mean, he, I saw that today, and I said, well, that needs to be on the show. If for anybody out there that watches both NASCAR and F1 and does not see anything, if you look at that and say, I don't see anything wrong with that. Oh man. Well, you, <laughs> here's what I, here's what I can relate it to. If you're a formula one fan or on the FIA or do anything that has to do with the policy, what formula one brings to the track, that's your iceberg and you're on the Titanic stop and readjust yep. course. Don't keep going and hit it because nope. then you're going to sink. NASCAR, I feel like, is now starting to recover from what they did back in with the COT and the new chase format and the playoff system. And, oh, we got to bring in the wild cards because Jeff Gordon didn't make it. Oh, we got to bring in another. We got to expand the playoffs because Dale Earnhardt Jr. didn't make it. Heaven forbid Chase Elliott doesn't make it this year. Oh, God, they would lose Heaven it. Heaven forbid they would change it for next year, making a Chase Elliott claw saying, hey, the most popular driver gets a automatic buy-in. Last year's most popular driver gets an automatic buy-in. I'm yeah. sure they make up some stupid rule like that for Chase Elliott. I'm surprised they didn't make it for Dale Jr. Well, you know, I also, uh, real quick before we move on. I think, oh, <laughs> before we move on, I think another thing that he really said in there, what he was talking about was the whole Netflix drive to survive thing. So when that first came out years ago, it was actually really good. I didn't get to, I haven't watched this season because I, I have no desire to, because after watching last season, 
and seeing how Netflix tries to hype a lot of stuff up. But then when you go back and look at it, half of that stuff does not match up with where the season was occurring at the time that they were filming. I'm just like, they're just trying to make it a big drama when it's really not. Or they're just, they're, they're making it to a drama, but they're not doing it accurately. Let's put it that way. They, they kind of go off course with all these different things that don't match up with the season that when, you know, whatever episode it is. So can, I you, just, can you give us a for instance? Uh, no, I can't really, honestly, because I, I can't remember. Because when I watched last season, I mean, it was last year. And when this season came out, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to. I'm not, because I, I just, I feel like they're trying to make it this huge drama when it doesn't really. It, it, right. it, it is, don't get me wrong. When you, Formula One is very, it can be very a big drama. I mean, there is. Those teams are competing for spots because they get money based on where they can finish in the Constructors' Championship. So, heck, yeah, it gets really, you know, tooth and nail and everything like that. But, I mean, he's, he's, he's right, honestly. All right, well, that makes sense. And we'll go ahead and move on from here because okay. we still got a couple more things to talk about here, one in particular here. Let me ask you this before we get into this. When you're at NASCAR race, whether it be Darlington, Charlotte, you're going to the Coca-Cola 600 this year, I want you to do something for me. I got a mission for you. Okay. I'll explain it to you at the end of this. Do you ever look at NASCAR hats for, let's just say, Noah Gregson and Legacy Motor Club? Mm-hmm. You look at their stuff, and what's about the average price for a driver pit road cap? I think it's about twenty five or thirty. It depends. They have it usually it varies between about twenty five and thirty. You'll have some hats that are twenty five all the way up to thirty dollars. About thirty dollars. About thirty, thirty five, maybe forty bucks for a a hat. What what would you say the t shirt cost? The t shirts are usually about twenty five bucks. Yeah, if you want some are thirty. It's yeah. a, it's about the twenty five to thirty five dollar range. I'll right. say that. If you want to get maybe a driver like like I have a Brad Keselowski Miller Light one, you know, it looks like his fire suit, like the one right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe fifty, if that. Maybe. It, de- it depends on what what it is, what what it's made of, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Exactly, yeah. But you would expect to maybe spend if you're at your driver's tent, maybe get a flag or stuff. Maybe spend about a hundred and hundred bucks, give or take. Yeah, you could. You a hundred bucks get you a hat, a t-shirt, maybe a koozie, maybe. You yeah, know, maybe like you said, a flag or you know uh, one of the license plate holder yeah. things. You, you know? can get a good deal for a hundred yeah, bucks. You can, absolutely, you, you could score big. Yeah, go wide shot here. Look at the prices there for the Formula One. Look at the hats. Nine hats are ninety dollars. <laughs> the shirts that say Charles Leclerc and have Charles Leclerc's number on there, a hundred and ten dollars. A black shirt with a Ferrari emblem on it. I will never, ever complain about prices at NASCAR races again. This is from, I believe, a NASCAR Facebook group that talks about spy, sell, trade merchandise. You you know, you could go on there, maybe get a good deal on sheet metal. I did see a picture similar to this circulating on social media, but it wasn't of that, but But, it was... But the prices are... Flat across the board. This is just an example of Ferrari. A Max Verstappen Red Bull hat, $90. Max Verstappen shirt, $110. A Red Bull team shirt, $190. Yeah, I saw Aston Martin. You you could got you could have gotten like a jacket for like 200 bucks. 200 
bucks. The twill jackets I used to grab at every NASCAR race for drivers, it didn't matter who, were 160 bucks, 150 bucks. Yeah. Depending on who it is. Well, there was that, and then there was like a rain jacket for like, it was almost like $300. Right. It's just absolutely astronomically ridiculous. Uh, the yeah. prices at Formula One races. Now, I'm not sitting here going capitalism's bad because obviously people were willing to spend that money for it. And by all means, if I was there and I had $200 to spare, I don't know how, was, how I'm going to eat or what I'm gonna, how, how I'm going to buy my beer, but I look good in my Ferrari hat and shirt. That Ferrari flag over there by my toolbox, 20 bucks. Wow, what a deal. 20 bucks, and I was like, yeah, yeah I'll buy that, absolutely. <laughs> I can't imagine what it's like. Go to the independent vendors if you go to a Formula 1 race, because that's where I bought that. It's an independent vendor. Yeah. It wasn't at Ferrari. Well, my, my Haas uh, F1 shirt, that, that polo with that nice yeah. that nice material, I got it on sale on the F1 website at the time. It was like 70 bucks on sale from like 100 Right. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. The price is there. So here is my mission to you. When you go to Charlotte for the Coca-Cola 600, I don't care if it's Noah Gregson, I don't care if it's Kyle Busch, whomever it is, go up and snap a quick photo acting like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy you a hat. What do you want? Show me a picture. And I want you to get the prices. And when you get back after the Memorial Day weekend there, the big race weekend we're all looking forward to, we're going to put these two photos up side by side <laughs> okay? and wonder why the steering wheel in Formula One costs $10,000, whereas, whereas the steering wheel in NASCAR probably costs $120, 200 bucks. And we'll, we'll see where the money's coming <laughs> from. It isn't from sponsors. It's from the guy spending $300 on merchandise. I think it's just, it, I think it comes down to Formula One being just such a, uh, an elitist sport, as someone would say. I mean, that sport is just no, there's enthralled money. with money. No, there's money in Formula One. Don't get me wrong. We, I mean, we're going to see it in Monaco. We're going to see it in Monaco. It's going to be it's yachts and champagne and caviar. You do you bring this to a Formula One race. Oh, they're kicking you out. And they're going <laughs> to snub out their nose at you. <laughs> they're kicking you out. There's no way I could walk in with shirts, a T-shirt, and a hat going, hey, y'all, man, this is a good day for racing. They look at me like I'm the hillbilly jackrabbit from hell. There's no way I would get away with it unless I'm in the slacks. $5,000 pair of sunglasses, a nice watch, yeah, to, to nice clone, <laughs> have my wife in something revealing and going, hey, we're here for the race. They're going to go, yeah, okay. He knows what he's up to. Yeah, they belong. Whereas if I do that in NASCAR and come in there like that, it's like, oh, my gosh, are you a driver? Yes. And this is my wife, my trophy wife. <laughs> what's your, what's your name? In, where is in, where is I don't in, have time to talk. I, I don't have go. time to talk. I have to go. Whereas in Formula One, I'd just be another face in the crowd. Exactly. Absolutely. Whereas if I wear this, I'm a face in the crowd in NASCAR. There's, I get it. There's money in Formula One, but heaven, but golly. <laughs> that's a lot that's of a, money. That's a lot of money. for, And you can only imagine there's this. there would be a kid there at the Red Bull tent going, I want a Max Verstappen hat. And the dad's going, hell no. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely not, boy. You, you, that's my four hundred one k right there. I, I'm gonna have nothing. 
Oh man! Do you want the hat or do you want to go to college? Because absolutely, you hey man, absolutely. In these hard econ- econ- economic times, boy, that's that's. How tough. are we gonna pay? To, how are we gonna pay to go home? <laughs> we, we can't go home tough. if I buy a hat, man. It's not gonna be good for us. So okay, I just wanted to bring that up. That was a little good. off the beaten path here. No, and, that was good. Yeah, okay, so the next thing I want to talk about here, and, and this isn't a big topic, but we mentioned. Uh, Break hard mentioned it. It was the driver intros for this past weekend's race at Miami. Now, if you ask me, if you're watching this on YouTube and you see the picture in the background, I, I personally like the intros. I didn't get to see the intros. The intros were like this. LL Cool J was there. Re- I did see a picture of LL re- Cool J. Reading off the names and like, oh, from Finland, Valtteri Botas And Botas would come out like Sergio Perez is right now. Waves to the crowd. Typically what you'd see in a NASCAR race, whatever, truck, Xfinity Cup, ARCA. Yeah, absolutely. A driver introductions for the fans. I think this is the first time I've ever seen it done like this in Formula One. Yeah. Usually they parade the guys around and to you know the team car and they wave to the fans. They do a quick lap. That's about it. I don't mind this. This was one of those things where when I was watching this race, I thought, wow, this is nice. And it didn't hurt that there are beautiful cheerleaders right there waving them on. It's like, okay, that's what kind of drew me in. Yeah. You want to create a racing series? This is the three ingredients that you need to create a successful racing series. Fast, loud cars, beer, and beautiful women. Pit girls, trophy girls, beautiful women. And guess what? You have those three ingredients mixed in. You have a the makings of a successful racing series. What's NASCAR done? You don't see trophy girls in. But they used to. No, 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 no. You're not anymore. But that, where, they where, did. Where are the Monster Energy girls? Well, they're gone because Monster's gone no now. longer in there. Where's Miss Winston? Oh, well, she's gone. Where's Miss Spring Cup? Where's Miss Nextel? Gone, gone. You can't have Miss Cup series. That's degrading <laughs> the women. You can't have fast, loud cars. The EPA will be mad at you. You can't have beer because, heaven forbid, you drink the wrong beer these days. People are going to boycott it. All good points. Great points. You can't have pit road girls anymore holding up the signs and national flags for the drivers in Formula One anymore because you're degrading women. You can't have trophy girls anymore because that's degrading to women. No, this isn't a political rant. This is what I'm telling you. If you want to create a successful racing series, a plethora of beer, beautiful women serving the beer or at the, in victory lane doing the trophies, loud, fast cars, and you have the making of the most awesome series ever. If I hit the Powerball, guess what? Buying a track, beautiful women, beer, loud, fast cars. I will beat NASCAR in five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would love to see that. I well, if I hit the Powerball, <laughs> but I have something to add on to this. That was, that was just a rant here. That was, that was my good. that was my in the marbles moment for okay. the show. I, I, all right, I don't mind this because again, the beautiful women kind of suckered me in. I was like, well, I'm a sucker for a pretty set of eyes. So okay, I'll listen. I didn't even know it was LL Cool J. I was like, oh yeah, that's that guy. <laughs> I was looking. Yeah. At the, I was looking at the girls doing their choreography. <laughs> I haven't Forget- seen that guy in a while. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, that guy looks familiar. Like I knew him growing up. <laughs> like he was in a Fast and Furious. He was in a movie or two that I saw yeah. in the early two thousands. Here's what I want to bring up here. This is from George Russell here, and I'm just going to read you just a quick 
top third of the article because that's more relevant to what we have going on here. George Russell said, following the race during an interview, I'm just reading the article. Formula One star George Russell was upset over driver introductions before the start of the Miami Grand Prix on Sunday as racers had to wait for LL Cool J to call their name before entering their vehicles. Driver introductions. LL Cool J was chosen to get the crowd hyped up at Miami International Auto Dome in Miami Gardens, Florida. And Will I Am sung his, played his new single, The Formula, which led to the symphony of drivers walking out with, to the starting grid. However, Russell, that's George Russell, told reporters that he has better use of his time 30 minutes before the race. I guess it's an American thing to do. The British driver said, I'm here to race, not here for the show. I'm here to win. He finished fourth, so about 26 seconds back, if I'm not mistaken. I'm here to win. I don't, want, I, don't think it's, I don't think there's another sport in the world that 30 minutes before you go out and do your business, you're out there in the sun and all the cameras and making a bit of a show out of it. I can appreciate it, I can appreciate it, it if it was the entertainment world. Apparently, George Russell doesn't watch NASCAR. More specifically, like the Coca-Cola 600. You're going to see a show there. Mm-hmm. The Daytona 500. I mean, just 45 minutes to an hour before drivers start. Driver intros. It's a long day there at Daytona for the Formula One race or for the Daytona 500. Russell, who's also director of the Grand Prix Drivers Association and his colleagues were open to the change, but would not seek to did not want to see similar pomp and circumstances every weekend. I can understand that. Miami, maybe Las Vegas. Yeah, Las Vegas They're going to hype something up there. F1 said Monday that drivers expressed concerns about the pre-race festivities. A spokesman told the Associated Press that the organization would continue to listen to drivers' concerns about pre-race festivities. And then it says, Russell finished finished in fourth place. (laughs) Love that jab. Screw you, Brennan. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I can't disagree because there have been times where I, we have said on this show the pomp and circumstance could have been done away with. We could have been racing two hours beforehand or an hour beforehand. Do you agree? Now, here's my question to you. I know I went on an End of Marbles rant. We're going to call it that from our That's our coin. We go on a rant. It's called the End of Marbles rant. Oh, I like it. Do you agree with George Russell, Russell, that there was too much pomp and circumstance, or it's like, hey man, it's just one time, it's no big deal. I mean, where do you stand on this? I mean, I can agree and disagree with him. It's probably something new to him, to some of the drivers. Now, so when I when I hear comments to him talking about, you know, talking about standing in the sun and stuff like that with cameras, I. I don't know if he's really referring to if it was just too hot or not. But I, if if he was, I can say this. Those drivers aren't used to the temperatures that are over here than some of the places that they go to in Europe. Like, for example, over here in the United States, when, you, when it's hot, there's a lot of places with the humidity where it makes it even hotter. Just sticky and just downright annoying. Like... I've listened to Formula One races last year, and you know they still talk about it. On, you know, before the race starts, or you know, even during qualifying, you know, they'll come on the air and they'll say, you know, oh, the temperature is this, you know, 
they'll say it, of course, in Celsius, not Fahrenheit, but they do have it broken down of what it would be in Fahrenheit. And they'll say, oh, it's a really hot day here today. And it's like 75 degrees. And you're just like, that's nothing. Are you kidding me? I would kill for a 75 degree race day right now, you know? Especially us NASCAR fans. Like it, when we go, when, like when I'm going to go to Charlotte here in a couple weeks. I'm sure it's going to be hotter than <laughs> Satan. Hell out there. Uh, definitely for Darlington in September. It, Absolutely. It was, well, it was hot there when we went to the, the Roval. Remember that? It yeah, was, it was a hot. It was, hot. Week and it was know, more humid than anything. But it was hot. I mean, I, I remember cooking, and I was outside, and while you and Charlie and Dad were inside watching the football games, I'm cooking. It's like, man, you guys going to come out here and help? It's like, no, it's AC in here. But, yeah, it is hot here. And hence the reason. I think, I, I, think, I, I think that's what it has to I think he's maybe referring to some of that, and it's probably throwing him off his game because, let's be real, those guys are, like, in the zone all the way up until they got to get in their car. You know, they, they get out there, I don't know, like an hour before the race starts, and they do that little quick like uh, warm-up lap kind of deal. They drive the car to the grid. They drive it around, make sure everything's good to go, whatever, blah, 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 testing systems, and then they park in on the grid wherever they're supposed to park. Or they pull up, and the teams you know, lift the car up, and they wheel it or whatever. But like after that, they get out of the car, and they're still doing things. You know, I've seen Pierre Gasly plenty of times, but right before he gets in the car, he's still doing all kinds of pre-race stuff You know, with the tennis balls, catching the tennis balls, You know, making sure that his hand-eye coordination is still going. I think that's what George Russell was kind of referring to. You know, I can find better time, you know, better things to do with 30 minutes before the race than to stand here for this. I think that's just, I think that's what it really boils down to. It's just they're, they're up until they get in the car, they are trying to stay focused. You know, you guys, guys listening to music and stuff like that. When you look at NASCAR races, those guys, when they're doing waiting for driving interviews, they're all just sitting around shooting the bull Hey, man, how's the family doing? Things are great, you know. Everyone's talking, hanging out, having a good time. It's like two different, completely different racing series. That's how I see it. All right, that's fair enough, man, because I just wanted to get your viewpoint on that because I didn't mind the intros again. Yeah, I mean, they just, they, they, I don't think they've ever really had it. No, I've honestly. never seen it, but, you know, the cheerleaders kind of suckered me in. I was kind of like, yeah, I'll watch this. I mean, I don't think they had... They don't. They never do that for Coda. So no. But probably you're right. Probably going to be Las Vegas. Las Vegas is, is going to be, be real, and it's not going to be any cooler. It's going to be that dry desert heat right then. Ooh, it's going to be. Ugh. Ooh. Ugh. Anything else regarding the Formula One weekend or anything like that? The Miami Grand Prix. No. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now we get into this. Preston, the big weekend here, Darlington Throwback Weekend, a NASCAR tradition here at the Lady in Black, one of NASCAR's oldest continually running speedways that still hosts a Cup Series race. Big question here before I get into this. The, the Throwback Weekend used to be the Southern 500 Weekend, the Labor Day race. When they added the second schedule, when, the, when Darlington was added on for a second date here for Mother's Day, they switched the throwback race from the, they moved the throwback weekend from the Southern 500 to what is now the Goodyear 400 in order to make differences in what's going on here. Should NASCAR, was that, well, let me ask you this, was that a mistake on NASCAR's part or keep it the way it is, throwback weekend being its own separate thing from the Southern 500? Now, I think throwback weekend should be, coincided with the Southern 500. I mean, the Southern 500 was the race at Darlington ever since 
they pretty much started racing there. I mean, that's anytime you refer to Darlington, it's always Southern 500. Right. The big race of the year, the Southern 500 Darlington. Bigger, that's what throwback big, weekend should be. Bigger in my week, in my opinion, than the Daytona 500, than Talladega, than anything else. The Southern 500, to me, is the race where you want to go up to because of the tradition and the history there. But then compared to the Daytona 500, where a lot of it I feel like is luck, it's a driver's racetrack. If you win there, you drove that car for 500 miles and, and won a crown jewel event. Yeah, absolutely. It's that's a, it. I think I messed up the cameras there, by the way. Oh, well, hey, you know, that's okay. It's okay. Uh, in the marbles. In the, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think that throwback weekend should go back to the Southern 500. You know, is it kind of running its course? Maybe. Maybe. But I like to. Th- this kind of popped into my head a little bit. You know, we like to see all these throwback schemes and how teams incorporate the scheme with whatever sponsor they have. How can we incorporate a throwback scheme but still keep the sponsor? Right. To me, the Southern 500 is a bigger race than what the Goodyear 400 is or what we know as the Goodyear 400 right now is. The Southern 500 is, if I'm not mistaken, start of the playoffs. If I'm, if I, is that correct? You're, you're correct. A lot of eyes are on TV for the start of the playoffs. You put throwback week and then, and you have all these throwback schemes. It gives teams even longer to figure out a throwback scheme. We get to see what kind of throwback schemes they can come up with. We get to see all the playoff drivers, and those sponsors that have those throwback schemes are hoping that their throwback scheme, the throwback schemes are showcased a heck of a lot more because then that just more that's more sponsor airtime for them. Not saying that it's not that way for it now at Throwback Weekend now coming up, but it just seems like there's really no, there's no really build up to this for this race on Mother's Day, which that's just the way it is sometimes, you know. Just like say back in years ago when like when Bristol had the two dates before the dirt race, what was always the more popular race during the year, the night race. Yep. The night race was always the one they were looking forward to. Yeah, cool. It's cool to go to Bristol during the day, but the night race was always the one that everybody wanted to talk about. The night race, the night race, the night race. So the 500 is a night race these days. I feel like Throwback Weekend should be... NASCAR, if NASCAR wants to stick to some kind of tradition, that's when Throwback Weekend should be because the Southern 500 has always been the race that's been around in NASCAR that happens at Darlington. That's just my opinion. All right, fair enough, man. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think this, I think having the throwback with the Southern 500 is a great tie-in for the history. It's a great tie-in for the, the history of the sport and showcase throwbacks and to do everything like that. I think it would be great to see that back. I think if as long as there's a second date with Darlington, I think that that's going to trump the throwback weekend to – Maybe not the most popular race, but let's try to make the Goodyear 400 a popular race as well, it being throwback. And I think, I, I mean, really, either one throwback is a fun weekend. Darlington's a fun weekend regardless. Now, do I prefer the day night race over the day race? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Darlington is not fun to sit in in the sun. No, it we, is not. The last time we went there, we saw a Marnie Truex win. Yeah, that's it was, right. It was a great race. The, the only downfall is... Man, it was hot all it was hot. day. 
It was not <laughs> it was fun. To, it was not fun to sit in those stands all day. And or for me, if you know, if I do photography, it's going to be at Darlington. Yeah. To walk around in that heat all day. Now, when the sun set at the Southern Five Hundred, when I did photography, ap- yeah, that's when it was okay. I can relax a little more. It's a little cooler. It's cooling off, and, and I could enjoy myself a little more. I can enjoy this experience a little more. You, you cramp, you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with 60,000 other people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's annoying. Yeah. So, I mean, I would like to see you go back to the Southern 500 weekend. Is it going to happen? Not unless the Mother's Day weekend goes away for Darlington. I think they could still I, – I, I think they could switch it, but I really don't want – I really don't want Darlington to lose its second date again. No, I don't either because if I had the option, I'd be there already this yeah. weekend. It just didn't work out for me. Will I be there in Labor Day weekend? I'm hoping. That's the one race I want to go to. If I could pick one race to go to any, every, every year, okay, Southern 500, right up the road, convenient, always a good time, and I know where the Walmart is. Yeah. I mean, what better way to Yeah, what better way to celebrate spend NASCAR than – one of the oldest tracks on the circuit. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what I have to say about it. Anything else before we get into our start times and picks for this weekend's races? Yeah, nope. Nope. All right. The start time for the this weekend's races at Darlington. The Cup Series will be – well, we'll start off with the Truck Series here. Truck Series will be Friday, May 12th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1, the only night race. There is Truck Series. Last year you were there. Yep. After Truck Series, a fun race. And didn't somebody throw a water bottle and hit the truck? Uh, yeah, it almost hit John Hunter Nemechek. That's right. I do remember that now. Yeah, I do remember that. Because I remember you texting me and saying, oh, that was scary. Yeah, it was it, Yeah, it was, it was. a good time. It, it, was good. it rained, actually. I think it rained yeah, that it afternoon, did. too. I mean, it rained right as we had gotten there. Of course. But, um, and yeah, it, yeah well, that, that is something with the rain in Darlington. There's yeah. always rain in Darlington. So the only night race will be the Truck Series race again, uh, Friday, May twelfth, seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1. Xfinity Series Saturday, May thirteenth at one thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox. That's surprising here because listen to this: the Cup Series race, the Goodyear four hundred throwback weekend for NASCAR, Sunday, May fourteenth, three thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1. The hmm. only race on Big Fox is the Xfinity Series race. That's interesting. It is interesting, bud. But before we wrap up this throwback weekend for NASCAR, winners for the truck Xfinity and Cup races from Darlington, you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Let's, what do you have? All right. For the Cup Truck Series, Stuart Friesen. Okay. Interesting. For the Xfinity Series, Austin Hill. And for the Cup Series, my new favorite driver, Ross Chastain. Wow. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. What do you got for the Truck Xfinity Cup? Uh, Trucks, Ty Majeski finished fourth last year. Good pick. Xfinity, Riley Herbst. He finished top five last year as well. Okay. I like him. And my pick to win this weekend in the Cup Series, Kyle Busch. Okay. He's running the scheme he ran at Fontana. They won. Yep. And last I checked, that eight car in general was fast last year at Darlington. Okay. If they bring another fast car. And, you know, Kyle Busch was leading last year, I believe, at, um, I can't remember which, I think it was the fall race. But it doesn't matter. I mean, he would, he's always oh, drives and, and well. He blew up. Yeah, he always drives well. Yeah, at he does. He just doesn't 
I think if they bring a fast eight, eight car mm-hmm. combined with the scheme that they're, which is funny because they dropped that. They the RCR said, "Oh, here's our throwback scheme. We're throwing it back to Kyle Busch's first yeah. win with us." Yeah, I saw <laughs> that. I, I saw that. And I was like, "How? How? Somebody dropped the ball on that one. Someone went, hey, Richard Trill.' You could just see Richard Trill just coming up. Hey, hey, hey Bill, you you need to come up with the the throwback schemes for the three and eight car." And he's like, "Okay, I got it." And two, like four months later, Bill, you got those throwback schemes? Yeah, I got something. I got a great idea, boss. I got a great idea. Uh, how about now? Now, listen, this is just tentative. We throw it back to Austin Dillon's and Kyle Bush's first win with us. And you could sit there and then go, that's a great idea. And then he was like, oh, Thank, I just see that. Thank that, God. I just don't see. I just don't see the. That is the stupidest thing. I just don't think they're if, the, the, the the teams really put the effort into it. If anymore. Richard Childress could get more stupid, I just don't think I everybody. Don't p- yeah, but really you puts, make yeah. I mean, it's like it, 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 that's another thing to talk about. I think maybe after this weekend has the throwback weekend lost this luster. I think it has, and, honestly, and maybe but, that's something to cover yeah, here. I think Kyle Busch gets the win. He's All gonna right. go two for two with that scheme that he's running, and then they're gonna run it every week. They might as well if it's winning, you know. It's winning, man. (laughs) But, hey, man, do you have anything else before we get into our final thoughts here on this week's episode of In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast? I do not. All right. Well, let's get into our final thoughts. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about a partner that has been with Ramblin' About Racing since we were called In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast and since we were on the Unhinged Sports Network, and that is Fanatics. Fanatics is your one-stop shop for everything NASCAR, for your favorite drivers' t-shirts, hoodies, hats, die-cast, and so much more. But it isn't just NASCAR. I get my all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear from there, as well as my Washington Capitals gear there as well. One-stop shop for everything you need, any type of sport you need. Links can be found under the Sponsor tab at ramblingaboutracing.com, as well as the under the podcast description and YouTube description, depending on whether you're watching or listening to Ramblin' About Racing. Head over there right now and get your favorite sports gears need for this upcoming season. Final thoughts on this week's episode of In the Marvels Weekly Racing Podcast Throwback Weekend here. Very thankful for everybody tuning into us, whether you're here on your regular podcast platform or on YouTube. Really do appreciate it. Now it comes to the our most favorite part of the show here, Preston. The weekly fantasy standings. I did. Contrary to popular belief compared to what you see there, I did make it valiant effort i feel to try and put myself back in contention you finished third this past weekend third i finished third okay it's good uh, you truly finished first okay it doesn't matter because <laughs> when i was looking at the the highlights and the live update i was 14th at one oh, point oh wow okay so i was Boy, like you... well this, this is like a typical re- weekend for me i feel like williams 
<laughs> you reeled it back in. You no, know, but I reeled it back in for a podium, man. <laughs> yeah, so, sure did. So let's go ahead and hear our our fantasy standings for this week's race following Kansas, and I'm looking forward to Darlington. To Darlington. I must say this. I was kind of hoping you would pick. I picked Ross Chastain to win here at Darlington this week, and you picked Kyle Busch. I was kind of hoping you would pick Gregson. I would have picked Eric Jones second. Well, no, I would I would know, but I really wish you would have picked Grayson. I would have said, okay, well then whoever finishes higher, the loser has to get their hair cut like Noah Gregson. I would probably own a bowl cut. Yeah, I well, you would. But okay, that was just gonna be a bet I was gonna throw out there. Anyway, go ahead and read off the standings for or the updated standings following this weekend's races at Kansas Air Preston. All right, here we go. Updated standings. Drum roll, because well, you're still last. So what? I'm sorry. <laughs> After finishing third? Yeah, you are in 14th with 1,741 points, and Smoke and Woody is 13th with 1,743 points. You're okay. two points back. Okay, I'm, I'm getting there. You're as almost long as out I, of the bottom again. As long as I don't finish last, I don't care. B Nun 3 is 12th with 1,773 Sissy K is 11th, 1,784. Super Sumo, 10th at 1,810. Grocery Getter, 6th, sits 9th, 1,844. Chuck, 8384, which is Charlie, sits 8th at 1,871. TS, Promo D, 1,917 points, sitting 7th. 6th is the Money Team Moon Rovers at 1,941. S Blades is fifth with 1,962. The Sports Stove is fourth with 1,981. And now we get into the 2000s. Matt Camper is third, 2,031. DraftKings research lineup has now been mo- knocked out of the lead, sitting second at 2,124. And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that is right. You are about to hear it here first. I am sitting in first, SMR Operations. 2,128 points. Throw up the number ones, baby, because it's here to stay. Now, I bet you've been waiting ever since the checkered flag fell at Kansas to come here and say, Oh, man. I am number one. I did it. Even drinking the Mountain Dew plug. I'd like to thank Mountain Dew for all they do. I'd like to thank uh, Mountain Dew. Uh, Without this, without them, this whole endeavor would not be possible. Um, I'd like to thank In the Marbles Regulation Podcast for supporting me in these fantasy endeavors. Uh, no matter how angry I get on the microphone, I have I owe it all to them. Uh, you know, we battled hard out there. It was a little weird at first, kind of funky. I didn't know if I needed to bring in the garage driver or not. But you know what? Hey, I left it the way it was. And, well, you know, stick to your guns and you'll finish first. Stay in school, kids. You are aware if you do win this season, the, the payout for the Fantasy League will go up from 200 to $300, right? That's right. But you know what? I'll be the winner, and that's all that matters because number one's the best. And if I guess I'll say it, even though I really can't stand Go it. Ahead, if just, you're not first, you're last. Yeah, be cliche, oh. be cliche there, Preston. Okay, well, uh. let us go from this weekend. Let's go from the fantasy standings to this week in NASCAR. I love this part of the show because it's the history of the sport, and that being throwback weekend, we're all about more so history here than I think throwback weekend is. Yeah. But this is going to be a good throwback here. Drum roll, please. Not as, anticip- not as anticipated as the fantasy standings here, I feel. But we go back to 1997, April 13th, 1997. Jeff Gordon nudges past Rusty Wallace on the final lap to win the Food City 500 
at Bristol Motor Speedway. 20 caution flags fly and 132 laps are ran single file formation. 20 caution flags? 20 caution flags at Bristol, Tennessee, and that happened April 13th, 1997 in Preston. 20 caution flags. Holy cow. Yeah. It happens, man. Yeah. Preston, that was our throwback weekend episode. How do you enjoy it? Oh, great. It was nice to... uh Throw it back to in the marbles. I, I wish you still had the shirt, man. I got the shirt. It just, uh, it just doesn't fit me very well anymore. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I think I might have gained a little of a uh, few uh, lbs down there. You know, the gut is kind of sticking out a little bit further than usual. And you so. don't even drink beer. No, I do not. So that's what's crazy, man. All right. Well, you have anything else to say? Anything else whatsoever before we wrap it up here on nah, this week's man, episode just, of In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast Throwback? Nope. I'm just thankful for everybody that continues to listen to us week in and week out, man. You know, the, the hardcore listeners. Yeah, the dedicated listeners. The de- not the casual fans. The de- the hardcore yeah. dedicated We're listeners. not trying to catch the na- casual fans and bring them in. We're trying to keep the hardcore <laughs> fan base. Right. What you expect here every week from this show. Come back. Keep listening to it. If you if you're brand new to the show, yeah, subscribe to everything. Yeah, s- subscribe, spread the word, check out all the videos on YouTube, man. Let everybody know, you know, we're not the usual. I like to say usual racing podcast. I like to think we have our own thing going sometimes. Yeah, you know, we'll eventually be the Dale Junior download. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to keep that dream alive, man. But Preston, anything else before we wrap it up no, on this no, episode? No, nothing else. All right, Preston. Well, with that being well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here on this week's episode of In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast Throwback Weekend episode. Thank you so much for tuning into us, whether you're on your regular podcast platform or on YouTube. Really do appreciate you taking the time to stop by and hang out with us for the last hour and fifteen minutes or so like to thank our partners for the show, Standard to Cancer, Devos Outdoor Lighting, Fanatics, and Extreme Sim Racing for all they do for the show here, for us here at the show, and for what they do for Belly Up Sports as well. Make sure to head over to ramblingaboutracing.com to links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. For the latest and greatest of what's going on in the world of auto racing and for what's going on in our lives here as well, and links for the partners can be found there as well. For Preston Lude, P underscore Lude, I'm Matt Beamer in Beamer 22. Stay safe, and we'll see you after Darlington, folks.